Amen. If you would, please take a copy of God's Word this morning and open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 as we continue our series called Renewing Your Mind. And we're focusing on the passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 12 where Paul is writing to the Christian and Paul says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so when it comes to our thoughts, when it comes to our mind, we have a choice. We can choose what we think about. We can choose what we allow to enter into our minds and to shape us and to direct us. We, we have a choice. You see, God created us with free will. We have the ability to choose. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we always choose correctly. Many times we don't. But God's desire is that we would choose to allow the correct things to enter into our mind, not to be conformed by the world's standard or the world's philosophies or the patterns of the world. Don't allow the world to shape you, but to allow God to transform us by changing the way we think. And so the truth that we need to keep repeating is this, that as believers in Christ, we have the mind of Christ. And when we understand that, that you know, salvation is more than just having a Jesus ticket in our wallet. It's more than just saying, you know what, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. Understanding that salvation, being born again, is that we are a new creation in Christ. God has now given us a heart in which we can obey Him and we can love Him, as well as a mind in which we can understand Him and we can know Him and we can know His ways. And so it's so important that we understand that as this new creation created in Christ Jesus, that we have the mind of Christ. And with the, whole, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're able to think as God would desire us to think. And so never underestimate the power of your mind. Your mind is a very powerful tool. And I believe many times we, we waste it. We waste our mind. And so we need to understand, never underestimate the power of your mind. You see, any change that you want in your life, it first starts right here. It starts in your mind. It doesn't start in your behavior. It starts right here. Whether it's good change, bad change, whatever, good habits, bad habits, it all starts right here in our mind. And our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think about the most, whether positive or negative, you know, if you're constantly thinking negativity uh, and you're constantly being critical, guess what? Your life is going to move that way and you're going to be a very negative and critical person. However, if you're, if you're constantly thinking, you know, uh, things above, you're thinking about eternity, you're thinking of the thoughts of Christ, you're thinking you're filling your mind with the right uh, material, the right stuff, your mind is going to be set on things above, 
Well, you're going to be a, a better person. You're going to be a positive person. And so your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, and you are what you think. That's why it's so important. I mentioned this last Sunday, and I just kind of want to uh, come back and just reiterate it because so often it's not physical abuse that does the most harm. It's verbal abuse. You know, when we tell somebody, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you're a loser, those thoughts, you know, God has given us, the, we can talk about our words later, just the power of our words, that w- with our words we can bring life or death. And many times with our words, we say the wrong words because it's right here, it starts right here, it goes right here, and it comes out of our mouth. And we say something, not knowingly or knowingly, and we say something and it affects that other person and they start to believe that. They start to believe that they're stupid. They start to believe that they're not worth anything. They start to believe that they have nothing to contribute, that they're not valuable. They start to believe all this garbage that people have spoken into their life. And so never underestimate the power of your mind. Never underestimate the power of your words. You are what you think. And every behavior is based on a belief, right? Good habits, bad habits, it, it all, it's, it's all based on a belief. If, if it's a bad habit, you, you, you bought into a lie. There was something that you believed, that there's some, something you mistaken as truth, and that just, that just kind of spilled over. You allowed that thought to dictate that to your life, and that became a behavior in your life. And so every behavior is based on a belief. There's an old saying that goes... If you sow a thought, you reap an action. If you sow an action, you reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you reap a character. If you sow character, you reap a destiny. And it's so true. It all starts with a thought. And that gives birth to an action. That gives birth to character. That gives birth to habit. It all starts right here. Now, what we need to understand is that there is a battle that's going on in our minds and for our minds. We talked a little bit about this last Sunday. Like I said, this is really a four-part message series. And so we're going to pick up with this thought of this war that's going on in and for our minds. And, and uh, we're going to dig a little deeper here this morning because, you know, many times we've, we've either uh, heard people say this, unfortunately. They'll say, you know what, we're struggling with something or we're just kind of down about something. We're discouraged about something, whatever. They'll, they'll always say, you know, it, it's, it's all in your head. How many of you ever heard that? You know what, they're, they're right. They're right. And it's not to make light of that, but when we realize that there is a battle that's going on in our head, there's a battle that's going on in our minds. It's a real battle. It's not a fictitious battle. It's not something that is made up. Yes, it is in our minds. And so many times as a result of this battle that we're fighting up here, we end up mentally exhausted, tired. You know, I, there's a big difference between being physically tired and mentally tired. 
physically tired, you know what, man, you can just drink a cup of coffee and you'd be good. You know, mentally tired, man, you just, it's just it. It just, it just knocks the wind out of your lungs. It just sucks the wind out of your sails. It just, there's, there's, just, there's something about being mentally exhausted and mentally tired because you're fighting this battle up here in your mind. And so how do we win the war? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse 3. Paul says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Paul is talking to Christians. He's talking to the believer. And he says, listen, even though we live here on this planet, even though we live here in the world, guess what? We do not wage war as the world does. He goes on, verse 4, he says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. They're different weapons. Even though we live in the world, we don't wage war like the world does. And guess what? The weapons that we have are not like the weapons the world uses. He says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. He's talking to the Christian, and he's talking about the spiritual warfare that we are in as believers. So often we think that, you know, again, it's a myth that once you become a Christian, once you become a child of God, once you place your faith in Jesus, guess what? There's going to be no problems, no, no troubles in your life. It's just going to be smooth sailing. You'll never, you'll never be attacked. You'll just nothing like that. No, 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 no. Man, once you become a Christian, once, man, once you have this new character or this new creation in our, in our life, man, you're going to be under attack. And it all starts right here. I believe Satan wants to get right here in our minds because he knows how powerful our thoughts are. And he knows, man, if, if he can just get us discouraged, if he can just defeat us, if he can just keep telling us lie after lie after lie, and if we keep believing these lies, and he likes to package these lies as truth. And we look at him and say, well, that, that's got to be true. That's got to be real. And we allow those lies to begin to just infiltrate our minds, and we allow our minds to marinate in those lies, and he knows. The good news is that we have, God has given us divine power to demolish these strongholds. You see, we have a weapon. God has not, uh, he, he has not uh, left us uh, weaponless. We have a weapon. Now, the weapons that we have are first divine. Everybody say divine. In other words, they're given by God. When Paul says we have this divine power, Paul is saying, listen, we have this power that God has given us. The weapons that we have, man, they're divine. The word power is, uh, is, is the word dunamis. We get the word dynamite from this word power, and it means explosive power. It's the same word that Jesus used when he was talking to his disciples. And Jesus says, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. You will receive this explosive power in your life. And Paul is saying here, listen, the weapons that we have, they're, they're, they're powerful. They're given by God. They're, 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 it's dynamite to demolish strongholds. 
The word strongholds is an interesting word. It means fortified, strong-walled fortress, a prison where captives are held, something that you're not going to penetrate. It's interesting because Paul is saying, listen, we have divine power to tear down these strongholds. Now, some of you here this morning, you're a prisoner of your mind. You're being held prison. Your thoughts are holding you as prison, prisoner in your mind. Now, listen. Here's what our enemy does. He likes to shape our thinking one, one brick at a time. Like he's building something. He likes to shape our thinking. Just, just one lie upon another lie upon another lie until, until, until we, we're held prisoners of our own thoughts. Like, you know what? Why even try? You know, you tried in the past. And every time you tried it, you failed. You know what? If you, uh, if you try this again, you're just going to fail again. You're a failure. And we start, to, we start to believe that. Oh, I must be a failure. Because I tried it before and it didn't work. And so I, 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 I'm, I'm no good at this. I'll never amount to anything. Or God doesn't care about me. Because if God cared about me, then, then things would be a lot better for me. Things would be a lot better in my life. And again, that, I, that's, that's the lie that we buy into. Satan likes to come up to us and begin to suggest to us, man, God doesn't care about you, does he? Because if he cared about you, then you wouldn't be going through this. I mean, if he really loved you, if he really cared about you, if he was really concerned about your life, then, then, then this wouldn't be happening to you. And again, we, we believe that. We allow that thought to enter and it begins to take root and it begins to hold us as a prisoner. Look at verse 5. Paul says the weapons, or he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's so powerful. Paul is talking about the weapons that we have and the divine power that God has given us to demolish these strongholds in our life. And that we can demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want you to write this down. My thoughts, your thoughts are either holding me as prisoners or I can take my thoughts and make them prisoners. Think about that. No pun intended. Your thoughts are either holding you captive or you can take your thoughts and make them captive. Your thoughts are either causing you to obey them or... You can take your thoughts and make them obey Christ. That's powerful, right? And so our thoughts are either holding us as prisoner 
or we can take our thoughts and make them prisoners. So here's how we do this. Number one, we need to identify the number one stronghold that's holding you back. Identify the number one stronghold. Remember, we talk about the stronghold. Remember, the stronghold is this fortified uh, prison, right? This thing that's holding you captive, that's, that's, that's making you a prisoner, that's controlling you. Well, you need to identify what is that number one stronghold in your life. What lie are you believing? What lie is it that's in your mind that you think is real? You see, you have to identify it. Maybe you're here this morning and think, well, you know, my, 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 uh, my stronghold is, you know, I, I think I'm not lovable. Or I'm not talented enough. Or I'm not smart enough. Or I'm not a good communicator. I'm not friendly enough. I'm awkward. I'm clumsy. Whatever it is, what, what is that number one stronghold that you just kind of keep defaulting back to? Remember, we talked about this last, last Sunday. We talked about these, these narrow pathways uh, that we create in our mind. It's that default thought that comes up whenever there's something that goes on. We just default back to it. What is, what is this number one stronghold in your life that you just keep coming back to? I'm a failure. I can't get anything right. I don't know enough. I'm always depressed. Always discouraged. I feel worthless. You know what it is. I'm, I'm just kind of helping prime the pump here as we begin to think because we, we have to start here. We have to identify what is the stronghold that, that's holding us as a prisoner. You see, the honest truth is you can't defeat it if you can't define it. If you can't pick it out, if you can't name it, if you can't say, that's it, well then, then it's still going to keep you prisoner. You're not going to be able to defeat that. I believe the reason why most people are ineffective in their life is that they've never learned how to fight this battle in, in our minds. I don't know if you know this or not, there's really three enemies that are constantly attacking us in our minds. There's Satan. He's the obvious one. You know, Satan likes to come and, and, and give us suggestions. He, he can't control us. He can't. But he likes to come alongside of us and he likes to get, in, get into our ear and get in our minds and, 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 and make suggestions. We buy into that. Constantly, he's planting negative thoughts in our mind. You see, Satan really has two plans. Plan A is to keep people from coming to Jesus Christ by faith. That's, that's his first plan. His first plan, you know, he, he likes to come up to people, you know, who, who are right there, who are just, you know, they're, they're right on that verge of trusting in Jesus, and he likes to come up and say, uh, are you sure about this? He likes to plant the, 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 these thoughts of doubt, uh, you really sure that you want to do this? And so his first plan is, is to keep people from knowing Jesus Christ by faith. 
All right? If he can't succeed in that, he goes to plan B. And he begins to attack the believer because here's his plan B. His plan B is if he can keep you from growing in your faith. That's his two plans. To keep people from coming to faith and to keep those who, who have come to faith from growing in their faith. And so he's attacking us. And then there's the second enemy, the world's value system. That's why Paul says don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Have you ever noticed that uh, there's really nothing in our society that encourages self-discipline? Really. Everything's now. Everything's you can have it now. There's nothing about delayed gratification. It's always immediate. You can, you can, you can, you can satisfy your desire now. It's quick. It's simple. It's easy. And that's the world's system. That's the world's pattern. I like what John says. John says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. That's the world's value system. And so we have Satan that's attacking us. We have the world's value system that's attacking us. And then the third enemy that we have is inside of us, and that's our old nature. Where we're fighting with our old nature and, and there's this battle that's going on inside of us. That old nature, the old flesh where Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 7. He says, listen, the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do. He says, oh man, there's, there's this battle that's going on between the new man and the old man, between uh, the, the, the man of faith and the, the man of flesh. And so there's this battle that's going on, this enemy inside of us that we're fighting with as well. And so no wonder, no wonder we struggle. No wonder many times we feel discouraged and defeated got these enemies that are attacking us. And so number one is we need to identify that number one stronghold in our life. What's holding us as prisoner? Number two is what spiritual truth do I need to use to demolish that stronghold? What spiritual truth? Remember, we have this powerful weapon that God has given to us. It's powerful to demolish these strongholds, to tear down these strongholds, to set captives free. What, what, what spiritual truth do I need to hang on to, that I need to claim, that I need to make my own and make applicable to my life? When you came in this morning, you should have received a, a handout like this. Let me encourage you to take a look at this. This is for you. And whenever you have a negative thought, whenever you start to think something you know is just not a godly thought, I want you, I want you, I want you to tape this up somewhere where, where you can just look at this every single day. Where you, you can just constantly remind yourself, guess what, as a, as a Christian, you're a child of God. As a believer, you're born again. 
As a believer, you're a new creation. Guess what? God loves you. You're loved. You're not alone. God is with you. Don't ever forget your fierce and confidence and boldness because God is with you. Don't be afraid. Guess what? God is with you. You're strengthened by God who upholds you and protects you and defends you. You live by faith, not by sight. And so these, these, are, these are words of affirmation that, that, that you need. Again, this is, this is how you break the stronghold. Look, look, at verse, look at verse 5. Paul says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The word take captive, or in your Bible it might say captivity. All right? the, word, the word in the Greek, uh, it's, it's a war term. And it means to take captive by force using a sword. Now this is important because what Paul is saying here, we can say, oh, well, what, what's the significance of that? But we understand the spiritual significance of what Paul is talking about, that, that, that this is a spiritual battle, this is a spiritual war, this is a, these are spiritual weapons that God has given to us, and that we are to take every thought by captive, by sword, and make it obedient to Christ. Over and over again in the Bible, the Bible talks about itself, and, it, and it's mentioned as a sword. When Paul talks about the spiritual armor in Ephesians chapter 6, and he says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so how do we demolish these strongholds? By using the Word of God. And that's why it's so important that, that as we begin to identify what is that number one stronghold in our life, how do we break that stronghold? We have to come back to God's word. What does God have to say about this? What does God say about this feeling? What does God say about this lie that I've been believing? What is God's truth? Number three, quickly, I need to refocus my mind. I need to identify what the stronghold is. I need to use God's word to demolish it, that spiritual truth that God has given. I, I need to use that. But now I need to refocus my mind. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians chapter 3. He says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then Paul says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. This is powerful. Because what Paul is saying is, listen, we need to refocus our mind. We've been thinking about this. We've been meditating on this, all the negative stuff, all the bad stuff. Right? We've been focused on that. And Paul is saying, listen, we need to refocus our mind. Instead of setting our minds on this garbage, on this junk, on this trash, we need to refocus it on things above, where Christ is seated, not on earthly things. And so what this verse is teaching us is that we can make our mind, mind. We can direct our thoughts. You know why? Because our thoughts direct us. And this is the choice that we have. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. 
He says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How true is that? Very true. That when we allow the Holy Spirit to control our minds, to fill our minds. And what Paul is saying, look what Paul is saying. Listen, when we allow the Holy Spirit to push forward to the forefront of our thinking, the things of God, how God would have us to think about things in our life, when we allow the Holy Spirit to push that to the forefront instead of us you know, meditating on the garbage and on the trash, but we allow the Holy Spirit to just take control of our minds, that leads to life and peace. Number four is I need to refill my mind. Garbage in, garbage out. If you're putting garbage into your mind, what are you going to think is going to come out? Garbage. But if you're filling your mind with the right stuff, things that are beneficial, when you're filling your mind with the correct stuff, Listen to what Paul says. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, do what? Think about such things. What are we to think about? Whatever's true, not the lies. What are we to think about? Whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, that's, that's, that's what our mind should be filled with. And so often we're allowing the wrong things in here. We're allowing the wrong things to captivate our mind we're allowing the wrong things to fill our mind. And guess what? That stuff's not paying rent up here. And there's so much, man, there's so much negativity in the world. Best thing to do is turn it off. If you're watching TV and you just know, you know, this isn't going to end well. You're just going to get revved up, fired up, negative, whatever, bitter, critical, or whatever. The, the best thing on the TV is the off switch. It is. It's the best thing on TV is that off switch. Same thing with internet. You know, I, I know some of you are, are on social media and, and all that. You know, it's the same thing. The media, the news, they, they love to bait the post, because they know if they can stir up dissension, if they can just, if they can just stir the pot, more people get in there, and it's, it's nothing praiseworthy, it's nothing excellent, it's nothing you know, positive, it's always something that's going to end up bitter. And, and I know we say, well, that's just you know, people just expressing their opinion. Best thing to do? Unlike, unfollow. So often we allow the wrong stuff to come into our minds. 
And it's not making us better people. It's making us bitter people. So turn it off. Watching the news, watching, you know, something on TV, some commentator, you know, they, they just love, they just love to stir the pot. Turn it off. You do not have to let that into your minds. Paul is saying, listen, refocus your mind, but also refill it. You see, the key to controlling your mind is not trying to not think bad thoughts. That's not going to work. The key to controlling your mind is thinking good thoughts. Thinking what is true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. That's what we should be focused on. That's what we should be filling our minds with. Make sense? Got it? Every head bowed and every eye closed.